Hello friends, Pastor Lowell here, welcoming you back to our series entitled Return to Rome. This is number eight, and we are beginning our section three, our third section in this series. I invite you to join me for a short prayer as we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you that again we can turn our attention to your word to end time prophecy. We pray as we consider how Rome is seeking to unite the world, that we might be united to Jesus Christ. Bless each of us. To that end is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Return to Rome, thirsty for unity, how Rome will unite the world. Beginning section number three now. Back in 2017, June 9, the America, the Jesuit Review magazine had an article entitled Following Pope Francis, Catholics and Protestants in the U.S., the United States, Mark the Reformation. You may remember that 2017 was when we were commemorating the 500-year anniversary of Martin Luther's break from Rome. So they were celebrating this in 2017. And in America, three Christian communities in Massachusetts joined in a celebration. They had an ecumenical worship service. Those three churches were Lutheran Church, a Congregational Congregationalist Church, and a Catholic church. And they had their united ecumenical worship service at the Congregationalist Church. Of the three leaders of those three churches, they picked the, the Catholic priest to preach the sermon. His name was Reverend Mark Bishop. And as you might guess, he preached a sermon on the importance of unity. Rome is promoting unity among world religions. The Bible predicted that at end time all the world would wander after the beast. Revelation 13, verse 3. And Great Controversy, page 439, says, quote, This symbol, that's the beast of Revelation 13, as most Protestants have believed, represents the papacy. Now we saw that in order for all the world to wander after the beast or the papacy, five things must happen. Number one, the death of Protestantism. Number two, there must be a positive view of the papacy globally. Three, religious unification must take place. Four, a removal of competition where there are no other global powers competing with the Vatican for global control. And number five, a global common problem or a global common enemy. And we've been looking at these five things that must take place in order for all the world to wander after the beast. We looked at number one, the death of Protestantism, and we saw how that essentially that has taken place. We had the funeral for the death of Protestantism in 2017. We haven't yet buried the casket, but essentially the funeral took place. Protestantism, even Protestants, are stating is dead. So number one has happened. Protestantism has essentially died. Number two, a positive view of the papacy. And we looked at that also. And by the way, if you missed our studies, you can go back and review those recordings. But we studied about this positive view of the papacy, how that 
Pope Francis has done a lot to make the Roman Catholic Church look very positive to the world. He's considered the people's pope, not just the Catholic pope, but the people's pope. He's a popular person. Protestants love him. However, we also discovered that Pope Francis is the first Jesuit pope in the history of the Roman Catholic Church. And we talked about the Jesuits. If you missed our study on that, you can go back and review our earlier recordings. So we've looked at, number one, the death of Protestantism. We've looked at, number two, a positive view of the papacy. Now, today, we are moving on to number three, religious unification. Let me read an article from the Herald Malaysia News. This was back in July 27 of 2017 which had a headline entitled Pope Francis's Efforts to Promote Interreligious Unity, A Lesson to be Learnt. So they're essentially saying in the article that Pope Francis is teaching us all a lesson on the importance of unity, being united together among world religions. And you may have seen the picture of the Pope greeting the Grand Imam there at the Vatican. And the news said, quote, Pope embraces Grand Imam at historic Vatican meeting in a bid to bring the Catholic and Muslim churches together. That was back in 2017, and you may remember that it was last year when the Pope went to visit uh, the Arab world, the United Arab Emirates. He's the first Pope to visit the Arabian Peninsula, and they had a the first papal mass on the Arabian Peninsula, which is the birthplace of Islam, took place just last year, 2019. Crux News, which is a Catholic news agency taking the Catholic pulse, had an article on October 31 of 2017, which was, of course, the exact 500-year uh, celebration of the Reformation, which said on Reformation Milestone, that was October 31, 2017, experts detect astonishing thirst for unity. That's why we've entitled this particular section Thirsty for Unity. And the article said this, quote, Today, two experts on each side of that Catholic-Lutheran divide say what they detect in the trenches, that would be in the pews or in the common churches, is an astonishing thirst for unity. Catherine Johnson, director of the Ecumenical and Interreligious Relations for the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, that's the ELCA, said in a recent ELCA assembly, that spirit was strong. That's the spirit of thirsty for unity. Continuing, it says, quote, The depth of yearning people expressed in our decision-making body, which is 60% lay people, caught us by surprise, she said. People want us to move forward on this because it comes into their daily lives, end of quote. So what she's essentially saying is that the people, the common Catholic people, common Lutheran people, are wanting us leaders to move forward on this aspect of unification uniting religions together. Now the question, of course, is what is causing this thirst for unity between Protestants and Catholics? 
what's creating this thirst for unity? Well, several things, and I want to document them for you. And the first thing that's creating this thirst for unity is climate change, which, of course, is creating all sorts of natural disasters. You are aware of the fact that our climate is changing. It seems like every year there are more climate problems, more severe floods or droughts or wildfires or storms or etc. Climate change, temperature changes. In fact, it was this year, February 13, 2020, Guardian News reported Antarctic temperature rises above 20.75 Celsius. For those in Western countries, America, for example, that would be 69.3 degrees Fahrenheit. But for the rest of us, it would be 20.75 Celsius for for the first time on record. That's pretty warm for Antarctica, 20.75 Celsius. And you are aware probably of that in the, the last, the 10 hottest years on record have taken place since the year 2000 from 2005 onward. And they're predicting that this year will be the hottest. In fact, USA Today, April 16, 2020, reported 2020 expected to be Earth's warmest year on record, scientists say. And they say, if you think it's hot now, just wait. (laughs) I mean, here we are, this is just April. And if they say, you think it's hot now, just wait. Federal scientists, this is what the article said, federal scientists announced Thursday that 2020 has nearly a 75% chance of being the warmest year on record for planet Earth. And as a result of the warming temperatures, we're seeing a lot more uh, problems. Storms, fires, you no doubt remember all the fires we saw last year around the world. Australia was burning up. I don't know how many wildfires they had all over Australia. But it wasn't just Australia on fire. It seemed the whole world was burning. The Amazon jungle was burning. You heard about that last year. In fact, did you know that 20% of the global oxygen comes from the Amazon rainforest? So it was as if our the lungs of planet Earth were on fire. The rainforest burning. The Arctic was burning. The European Space Agency wrote last year, The fires in Lebanon and California are just some of the many fires 2019 has seen. Fires in the Amazon sparked a global outcry this summer. But fires have also been blazing in the Arctic, France, Greece, Indonesia, as well as many other areas in the world. Speaking specifically of the year 2019, the European Space Agency's Oliver Orino commented, We have never seen an increase of wildfires of this kind since the Wild World Fire Atlas was created in 1995. So yes, we are seeing a climate change, and this is creating this interfaith dialogue Religions are coming together to battle climate change. This is one of the things that's creating a thirst for unity. Science alert. April 24, 2020. 
reported, we need to fight climate change like the coronavirus pandemic, warns the UN. And more and more churches, more and more denominations are uniting to fight climate change. Many face one planet. You may have seen the motto, one planet, many face, one goal. And of course the one goal is to save the environment. Well, that's what they say anyway. <laughs> so you can see how that climate change is creating this thirst for unity. Well, there's more I want to share about that, but I'm going to save that for next time. Join me again next time as we continue looking at Thirsty for Unity, How Rome Will Unite the World. Let's end with a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are alive today. We pray you'd help us to live for you, to exemplify your character, and to stand for your word and for your truth at end time. Bless each one of our listeners. To that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Lowell here saying to each of you, God be with you until we meet again.